And for the rest of you, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Exodus, where we are going to be giving our attention this morning to Exodus chapter 20 and the 12th verse. According to the National Retail Federation's annual survey, an estimate is, has been made that Americans will collectively spend an estimated record high of $22.9 billion, billion dollars to celebrate Father's Day this year. That's an average of $196 per man, woman, and child in the United States. That, that amount, by the way, would, would fully fund, some will appreciate this, fully fund the current South Dakota state budget for four years. Uh, it would also pay the price for two modern-day aircraft carriers. It's a lot of money. And if you think that what we spend on Father's Day is high... Americans spent, spent $35.7 billion, billion on Mother's Day. Flowers, gifts, special outings, etc. We may live in a post-Christian society, but we do seem to take keeping the fifth of the Ten Commandments somewhat seriously, at least when it comes to our pocketbooks. In Exodus chapter 20, we find ourselves again with the Israelites at the foot of Mount Sinai where we hear God himself speaking. And we may rightly assume that among the multitude standing in God's presence on that day that there were fathers and mothers as well as sons and daughters. And the Fifth command should have our attention, if for no other reason, because it is God himself who is communicating this command. So listen up. Listen up also because the holy God who communicated this command includes, well, he includes a wonderful promise. Unlike any of the other commands, there is a wonderful promise here to encourage us to keep the fifth commandment. So, if you're able, I want to invite you to stand as an expression of honor and regard for God's word. And please follow along. I'm going to read Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. God says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord, your God, is giving you. Let's pray. O Father in heaven, holy God, we stand in your presence. We stand in your presence to hear what you have to say to us. We stand attentive, Lord, desirous of complying with your will and your wisdom and your ways. 
And we know that we deserve nothing but to be consumed. So we thank you that though you do know every failing to comply with your law, your wise and good commands, we stand today because you are merciful. You are merciful. You are long-suffering and patient. And I pray that today your mercy and patience would extend another day. And that you would work in us, Lord. Work in us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness by which you would be glorified and we might enjoy the blessings of the promise contained in this command. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the fifth commandment, it it marks a a shift in the Ten Commandments. The, The first four commandments instruct us as to how to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. The the first four commandments focus on nurturing one's exclusive devotion to the Lord, who has so graciously brought his people out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. With the fifth commandment, there is a change, discernible change, a significant transition from, from the focus of loving God with all of our being to instruction regarding the soul what we would rightly describe as the loving your neighbor section of the Ten Commandments. Because that's that's the summary, summary of the law, right? You love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. So the focus here with the Fifth Commandment turns to what God clearly deems, clearly deems as the first and foremost important of all human Relationships. The starting point for the love your neighbor commands is the relationship between a child and his or her parents. That's that's huge. And so God is revealing to his people, I believe, in this, that the place and the priority of family in his overarching plan. And purpose. And so my outline is going to look like this. I've got four points. The, first of all, the importance of the fifth commandment. Secondly, the meaning of the fifth commandment. Thirdly, the promise of the fifth commandment. And then finally, keeping the fifth commandment. How, what does that look like for us? So let's consider, first of all, the importance of honoring one's father. And mother. It's impossible to overstate the significance of the opening commandment of this second so-called table of the law as governing the way the Israelites were to relate to one another, how they were to treat one another, and the way it focuses on family relationships. Look again at verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. 
There's no ground here for charging God and Scripture with some extreme, exclusive form of patriarchalism. It's even. Honor your father and your mother. And further, as one scholar observes, the faithfulness of the nation of Israel would be evaluated by whether compliance to this command was expressed in the home. The fulfillment of God's promises and God's purposes for his people were largely dependent upon whether obedience to this particular command was lived out in the family. And, I mean, literally, future discipline of the nation, the exile of the nation of Israel, it would happen at least in part because of their failure to keep the fifth commandment. Listen to what God says through the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 7 says, Father and mother are treated with contempt. Verse 15, therefore I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries. So it was failure to keep the fifth commandment that was, that was at least in a, played a significant part in what happened in the tragedy of Israel and Judah. And it's also in view when the prophet Malachi speaks and is pointing to the very next stage in redemptive history. Malachi writes this. These are the last two verses in the last chapter of the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi writes, God speaks throughout Malachi and says, I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. This is a pivot point in redemptive history. And it's all about what God is going to do in restoring the preeminence of healthy family life. So keeping the fifth commandment, it is of central importance to the fulfillment of the saving purpose and promise of God. And so what then exactly is required? What does it mean to honor your father and your mother? Well, to honor someone means to treat them with appropriate respect due to their God-given role or title. The word honor in the Hebrew literally means weight. It's a term that communicates how valuable something or someone is. It means to prize highly. And so to honor your father and your mother means you don't treat them lightly. You don't treat them casually or as if they don't matter. To relate to your parents the way you relate to your peers or the way you relate to your, if your kids, your, your, the way you relate to your playmates would be to disregard their God-given role and authority. It would dishonor them. And therefore, the fifth commandment not only requires honoring parents, but it also forbids dishonoring or disrespecting our parents. Now, I, I was not a rebellious child, and I took great pride in that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I towed the line as a child and as a teenager. It was inconceivable to me 
to, I mean, just by God's grace, it was inconceivable to me that I would do anything that would disappoint or devalue my mom and dad. But you see, that's only one side of the fifth commandment. I obeyed them. I did what they said. But I'll tell you, I cannot to this day remember ever expressing to my mom and dad my esteem or my appreciation for them. The seriousness of the fifth commandment is made plain in the penalty that was borne by those who willfully and stubbornly persisted in disrespecting and disobeying their parents. This is a very sobering text in Deuteronomy chapter 21, beginning in verse 18. These instructions were given. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. And then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. And so you shall purge the evil from your midst. And all Israel shall hear and fear. Imagine if we lived in such times. The death toll of capital punishment. Under such capital punishment executed on stubborn and rebellious sons and daughters. One Old Testament scholar writes, Rebellion to parents is particularly condemned in Scripture because it is rightly viewed as evil, ultimately viewed as rebellion against God Himself. And Philip Reichen adds, The Bible has deep revulsion to this kind of disrespect, treating it with a kind of horror. You bet horror. You see the bodies of teenagers piled up. You see, loved ones, though the Old Testament penalties for breaking the fifth commandment are no longer in effect, I'm sure there's many of us who are thankful for that, this deep biblical revulsion, it remains. Even though the Old Testament penalties for breaking the fifth commandment are no longer in effect, there remain serious consequences for those who disregard and disobey the fifth commandment. New Testament texts such as Romans chapter 1 verse 30 communicate that disobedience to parents, it is, it's a mark of a debased culture that is experiencing the just last days Judgment of God. And we see this judgment all around us, don't we? And God commands the Israelites to honor their fathers and their mothers because, here's the reason I think it's so serious, it's their fathers and mothers who are the means, God-appointed means, of transferring the truth of God from one generation to another. And so, they're supposed to honor their parents. They're to give weight 
to the role of their parents, and they are to treasure the authority of their parents and listen and learn from their parents so that they can benefit from the example and the instruction and the discipline and the love of their parents. And the implied significance is that as they do, as they do that, they, they can and they will grow in their love for God. Loving God with all their heart and soul and mind and strength. They'll grow in obedience and honor and right worship of God. So you see, by honoring their parents, at least in the context of, home, of the home, children are going to learn how to keep the first and greatest commandment. To obey and honor the ultimate authority, namely the Lord himself. That's what this means. So... What's the promise? The promise of the fifth commandment. It's the fifth commandment that is the only one of the ten commandments that is accompanied by a promise. And the promise is, it's not merely the promise of a longer lifespan. Of course, <laughs> you know, it would make sense if, if there's a death penalty for disobeying your parents. Uh, it's more than that, right? It, it, look again at Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long. And I think this is the key, this is the key part. Long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, the, the, the fourth commandment looks back to creation. Looks back to creation. Sabbath keeping is grounded in, in, in God's pattern as he made the world. The fifth commandment instead points forward to the Israelites' future taking up residence in the promised land. The promise has to do with their life as a nation in the land. The promise has to do with the fullness of God's blessing, both individually and as a nation. And, that, and that's critical, I think, for us to understand. One, one social scientist of the 1960s, which was marked by total rebellion of kids against their parents, this social scientist writes, the way to destroy a nation is to destroy the family. And the way children can destroy the family is by disobeying their parents. So, the realization of the promise of the fifth commandment is it's dependent on trusting. Trusting this promise and obeying the fifth commandment. But in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he clearly expects that the promise of the fifth commandment, that it would continue to have a, a present, ongoing, practical implication in the lives of God's people. Anticipating that there, anticipating that there would be children in the gathering when, this, when his letter to the Ephesians was read to the local church gathering. He writes, Ephesians chapter 6, children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then look where he goes. 
Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. You see, Paul expects that parents, he expects that parents are giving age-appropriate commands to their children. Commands. Directions. Not, not suggestions or subtle hints or bribes or deals. If you do this, then you get to do that. No, it's because wise parents give age-appropriate commands to their children and expect obedience from their children. And children who obey their parents... <laughs> children who obey their parents normally, I think, normally, are the happiest children in the room. And when children obey their parents, then everybody else in the room is happier as well. And notice how Paul motivates these kids to obey their parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for or because what? It's right. Because it's right. Parental authority is a divinely delegated authority. So by obeying parents, the children there in Ephesus, the children here in Sioux Falls, are living the right way. They're living the way God intends for his people to live. And any other way is foolish and there will be consequences. Though somewhere under the death penalty. And then Paul quotes the fifth commandment, right? And notice, so it shows up in our ESV Bibles in parenthesis. There is the promise. Honor your father and your mother. It's not just, not just because it's right, but because there's a promise. This is the first commandment with a promise. And a promise of undeserved kindness from God. I mean, think about that. God could have said, you know, Honor your father and your mother, or else. Instead, he issues a command with this promise, this sweet promise, and, and it's meant to encourage them that if they honor their fathers and mothers, it's not, you know, it's, it's gonna, it won't simply be a 20 to 30 billion dollar blessing to the economy. If they honor their fathers and mothers, it will go well with them. And Paul makes it very personal. You don't see this in the English, but in the Greek, this is a second person plural pronoun. That it may go well with you. And it may go well with you. And that you, and you, and you will live long in the land. It'll go well with you. It'll go well with you. It'll go well with you. You will live long in the land. It's so important. In Exodus chapter 20, the promise is made to children in the context of, of the promised land. But in the New Testament, under the new covenant, the promised blessing of God in relation to the fifth commandment is it's no longer limited to the nation of Israel. It's no longer restricted to some particular geography over there in the Middle East someplace. This promise is made to a people established by the new covenant and fulfilled through the generation of inter a generation of international 
spiritual community of Jews and Gentiles. That's the promise. What a promise that is. Now, how, how do we actually keep this commandment? It's the last thing. But I'm going to try to address everybody here, so bear with me. What does keeping the fifth commandment look like? And I'm going to begin by addressing the children in this room. So if there are first through fifth graders, you know, or ki- we said through preschool. So if there's kindergartners through fifth graders, I want you to look at me. And I want you to listen to me right now. You looking? Ready? What does it look like for you to keep, for you to keep the fifth commandment, to honor and obey your parents? Kindergartners through fifth graders. Listen, keeping the fifth commandment is not complicated. It is not hard to understand. You can honor your parents simply by obeying your parents immediately and cheerfully. That's all it takes. (laughs) That's it. Yes, Dad. Yes, Mom. You do that and you will rock the fifth commandment every single time. (laughs) Just, Just remember, just remember that to obey your parents immediately and cheerfully. Boom. Easy peasy. But here's one more thing I would ask you to do. I, if you're a kindergartner or through fifth grade, memorize the fifth commandment. I, I have grandchildren that have s- sat around our table and they've said, Grandpa, Ephesians 6.1, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. They can say it. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. But I would, I would recommend, I'd add a little bit to that. I would add, encourage you to learn verses 2 and 3 as well. Honor your father and your mother, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. If, if you honor your parents by obeying your parents immediately and cheerfully, it will go well with you. It will, it will go well with everybody. There will be less unhappiness and less stress and less anger and less tears and less frustration. All that's just going to go, it's going to diminish and it will go well with you out in public. It will go well with you when you're with other people and other families and everybody's just going to be a lot more happy because of how pleasant it is. Kindergartners through fifth graders. Now, I know that there are gazillions more children in our church than there are teenagers, but I've got some instructions, recommendations for teenagers as to how you might honor your father and your mother. What does it look like for you? You ready? So paying attention. The fifth commandment doesn't... Listen, it's obvious that the fifth commandment does not... It doesn't... That's my grandchild, isn't it? Just never fails. (laughs) The fifth commandment does not run in the flow of the current 
of a culture that celebrates ridicule, mockery, and belittling of parents. So you have to live with that. So I'm going to f- give you a little bit of a forewarning, teenagers, that if you, if you decide to comply with this command, that you will eventually find yourselves ridiculed, mocked, and made little of as well. But see, here's the thing. When you do obey this command, you, you will feel the pleasure of God. And you will experience the fullness of God. And the rich blessing and favor of God in your life and throughout your life. You, you would be wise to memorize Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 as well. But here, here's a couple of very specific recommendations for you. First is this, wise teenagers, wise teenagers honor their parents by asking for their counsel. Dad, Mom, what do you think I should do? What do you think of this? What's your perspective? How would you advise me? Loved ones, to my shame, I never did that. And to my shame, it's because I just thought I knew more than my parents. As an arrogant fool. Wise teenagers not only ask their parents for counsel, wise teenagers inform their parents of their temptations. And to my shame, I never did that either. And oh, what a difference that would have made. There are things that I remember and regret to this day that my dad and mom never knew about. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. I'm guessing that it's it's probably safe to say, assume that there are teenagers in this room right now with Sin concealed from their parents. Perhaps you're you're deceived. Perhaps you assume nobody's ever going to find out. May the Lord move you and help you to respond to His mercy and His wisdom and His goodness. And stop concealing your sin. And rather confess it and forsake it. And experience the, the sweet taste of God's mercy in your Life. Here's a third recommendation, teenagers. Follow. Follow the guidance of your parents when it comes to choosing who you hang out with. Or maybe more importantly, who not to hang out with. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And, and you, we need to keep in mind always, right, that, that companions are not only people. <laughs> companions come in the form of music. They come in the, oh man, do they come in the form of social media and what you're watching and reading and following. Fools come in many forms. And the result is that harm will come. Harm 
that most likely you don't even see coming. You don't see it coming because so often it's internal harm initially. It starts with a desensitizing of your discernment, a desensitizing of your conscience, and so you don't even know what's going on. But very quickly and very seriously, it becomes a, it, it becomes a detraction from lively affection for Jesus. And when that diminishes, then ultimately and eventually it will reveal itself in some public form. Now, sadly, of course, there are times when the worst and most foolish companions in our lives are one's dad and mom. It's such a challenge then. And may God protect you and sustain your faith in such a hurtful environment. There are still ways to honor them. This is a fourth thing. I think this goes for everybody. We can express, we can express gratefulness for and to our parents. Just tell them, thank you. Thank you for all the sacrifices that they made, all the hard decisions they had to make, all that they have given up and made possible for you. I mean, again, if only I could tell my dad and mom today how thankful I am for all that they did for me, gave up for me. Never once did my mom and dad ever complain or grumble or lay some guilt trip on me by reminding me of everything that they had done for me. They never did that. Speak well of your parents in public. You know, I can, think of, I can think of children and teenagers in this room today. I just want to commend you because, you know, I, I've been in missional community gatherings. I have been in birthday celebrations. I've been in social settings where I've actually heard you, young ones, express evidence of grace in the lives of parents and adults. It is overwhelmingly satisfying to hear that. You are keeping the fifth commandment and you are doing more to advance the gospel than you could ever imagine or think. It is, if people notice that. They notice it. It's so rare they can't help but notice it. All right. A little ways to go. How, how does the fifth commandment relate to adults? You know, whether you've just turned 18 and left home or, or you're in the, you know, the other end of the spectrum is you're, you're in the thick of that uh, most difficult chapter of caring for your parents as they become helpless as children again. You know, we, we never, listen, we never outgrow the command to honor our parents. I have a friend who has reminded me on several occasions over the last couple of years. He says, if you are growing in humility and maturity, you will only be more and more perceptive to the countless ways your parents have served you and loved you and what a unique gift they are from the Lord to you. And I have found that to be true. So, 18 and over, friends... Honor your parents. Honor your parents by communicating your gratefulness. 
specifically and repeatedly. Honor your parents by just telling how telling how thankful you are. And and honor your parents by your presence with them, especially elderly parents. When my mother was, you know, just essentially, I mean, she's gone with dementia. Um, I could tell by her body language and her muffled, incomprehensible sounds that she just loved me holding her. My wife and I were blessed earlier this month with the opportunity to spend a couple weeks with her parents. They're 88. And um, it's really important to try to be with them. We've sought to honor them by asking them, while they still can, to recount their respective stories in writing. And you just wouldn't believe how that has opened up new worlds of relating to them. Now, if you were raised by a single parent, that parent is particularly deserving of honor for their care for you. Fulfilling that role, the role of solo parent, that is nothing short of heroic. Shower that parent with your gratefulness and your affection. And again, come back to this. I, I, I'm aware that it is nearly impossible to, to kind of lean into the fifth commandment and not be mindful, to not be mindful of parents who are not deserving of honor. It's true. Perhaps you didn't grow up with a godly father or mother. Perhaps you were abandoned. Perhaps your parents divorced. Perhaps your father and mother were abusive in some, some way. Listen, here's my prayer for you. May you know in the most personal and palpable way that God, God himself declares himself in scripture as the father of the fatherless. Psalm 27 verse 10 says, my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And may you also be reminded this morning that in the kindness of God, the Lord has given you a new family. He's set you in this church where there are many fathers and mothers. All around you are those who care for you. Now, one last word, and this is the most important word of all, to children of all ages. This is for everybody. I must not, I cannot leave you with the impression that it is possible to perfectly obey this commandment. It's impossible. We, we know, we all know it. We've all fallen short of keeping it. There was only one who flawlessly obeyed the fifth commandment, and his name is Jesus. In Luke's gospel, there is an account from Jesus' life as a 12-year-old boy. He was in the city of Jerusalem with his parents for some holiday. This is almost, well, 
to our shock and awe, his father and mother apparently left the city. (laughs) And not until like three days later did they realize that their son wasn't with them. This is an example of unwise parenting. They lost the Messiah. <laughs> and and, and it, would, it would be exceedingly shocking, except someday I'll, I, you can ask me about a time when I lost our middle son at the Minnesota State Fair. But after... <clears throat> After what can only have been a frantic search, they did manage to find him again. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 51, it says, He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Loved ones, Jesus is the only one who perfectly obeyed the fifth commandment. From his earliest years to his final hours on the cross. He perfectly kept the fifth commandment until the very end of his life as he was experiencing the indescribable agony of crucifixion. Jesus obeyed the fifth commandment as he experienced the unimaginable horror of being made sin with our sin as he experienced the outpouring of God's righteous wrath against our failure to keep the fifth commandment on the cross. Jesus kept the fifth commandment while hanging on that bloody cross as he honored and cared for his own mother. In John 19, verse 27, that disciple records his words. He said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to be his, to to his own home. To only Jesus kept the fifth commandment. And Only one who perfectly kept the the commandments could die for those who have broken the commandments. And and the one who perfectly fulfilled God's law died on the cross for our disobedience to the fifth commandment. And so it's through his perfect obedience to the fifth commandment and his death in the place of all who have broken the fifth commandment that now, today, all who trust in his obedience on their behalf and in his death in their place are forgiven. All their sins and given His righteousness as a gift. So let's sing together. And praise the one who bore our sin. How good He's been to us. Let's pray. Today we're, I thank you together, Lord, uh, for giving us a Savior, such a great Savior. I just, I can't count all the ways that I have fallen short of the fifth commandment, keeping it. I can't think of all the ways, I I just can't keep a record of all the ways that I've in some way provoked my own sons to disobey that commandment, made it hard for them. 
thank you today that there is one who stood in our place, stood in my place. And in him is forgiveness, and him is a declaration of righteousness. And in union with Christ, there is power. There's power to become increasingly like him. And so we thank you, God, for your mercy. We sing and exult in it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.